So, so remember, as the Old Testament closed in Malachi, you remember the last chapter promised that before the great and coming day of the Lord, the day that was going to come, it would come uh, as an oven, and all the proud and the wickedly would be a stubble, and the day would come that will burn them up, and the Lord of hosts would leave them neither root nor branch, uh, but he was going to send them who? Elijah, the prophet, and then the son of righteousness would arise with healing in his wings. And that was the last thing those Old Testament Jews knew. And so, obviously, they missed a little event called the birth of Christ. They didn't understand that. If they would have received the message, then they would have known, per Daniel, chapter number 9, they would have known precisely when the Messiah was supposed to come, and they would have known that the Messiah was not to come to deliver them from Rome, but the Messiah was to come to die on a cross for their sin, okay, as he was to, to be cut off, right? Uh, but, but, make no mistake, the Word of God is true. The Word of God makes every man a liar. And if the Word of God says it, you may as well Mark it down as already done, because it's going to happen. And it's going to happen exactly the way the Bible says it. The sun will rise, and just as he said that he would, he did. And just as he said he will again, he will. Do not make, as we said last week, the same mistakes the Jews made. It is certain and as he sent his son, and as he prepared for the sending of his son, Zechariah got that vision. If you remember, we looked at that. And remember, he, he, he got that vision from the angel to pronounce the birth of John the Baptist. And if you remember, the name Zechariah means God remembers and his wife Elizabeth's name means his oath. And the, 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 the son that was going to be born, John the Baptist, means Yahweh is gracious. And it was all setting this all up for the birth of the coming messenger, as Isaiah said, and as Malachi said, would come to prepare the way of the Lord. And so certainly, this is going to go down. And it certainly, it went down exactly as the Bible said it. And remember that angel said to, to Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. And, and you know, one has to wonder, because it doesn't tell us what Zechariah's prayers were, but again, if he was a good Jew, his prayer was for the coming of Messiah. That's what he was praying for, to deliver them from the Roman oppression. And so certainly, his prayer had been been, been heard. And the same Jehovah, uh, God sends his son. Because Galatians tells us that when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman. That obviously talks about 
the virgin birth. Made under the law, because we have to make sure we know that the Old Testament is still active in the first four Gospels until Jesus dies on the cross. That's important. Most people don't recognize that. They think that the ministry of Jesus was all New Testament stuff. Whoa, wait a minute. Although it is written in the New Testament, you're still under Old Testament law. Very important to make that distinction if you want to understand doctrinally some things. But he came uh, to, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. John, before he was born, had a mission. Can I say this? Whether you realize it or not, before you were born again, you had a mission. And if you want to find out what your purpose in life is, it was the same purpose that John the Baptist had. To prepare the way of the Lord. That's our mission. That's your purpose. Well, you know, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. That's great. And by the way, you, knew, you do need to do that because those who don't, don't work are considered infidels in the Bible. So I'm not telling you not to work. I'm not, telling you to do the, I'm not telling you you can't go do the things that you want to do. What I'm telling you is you have a mission just as John the Baptist had a mission. And what is that mission? To prepare the way of the Lord. And let me just say this, as we said last week, if you're not preparing the way of the Lord then you are just as Zechariah was when he doubted and he was stricken dumb. Now, in today's vernacular, we would look at that and go, are you calling me dumb? I'm not calling you dumb, although I think it's dumb not to prepare the way of the Lord. <laughs> you know that's your mission. Why wouldn't you do it? What it is is he was dumb in speech. He couldn't speak. And if we don't speak, then what are we doing? And... I would also suggest that obviously God takes offense to that, us not speaking. You want to know why? Look what he did to John. I'm sorry, Zechariah. Look what he did. Obviously, Zechariah had a purpose. He needed to speak his purpose. And because of his unbelief, God said, all right, fine. And he made him dumb. Huh? How about us? He did not believe. He doubted. And because he did that, God shut his mouth. And if we're not careful, it can happen to us too. How tragic it is to have something be made known. And because of our fear, because of our doubt, because of whatever we put in our minds to not share it. I told you last week there was an author that I thought was pretty interesting that, that said this, unbelief is always dumb. It never has a message. One without faith should be silent. It should be. Peter the apostle said in 2 Peter 3, 3, that in the last days, scoffers were going to come. They're going to be after their own lusts, and they're going to be saying, where is the promise of his coming? But I'm telling you, 
just as certain as it was that he was going to come the first time. You are pregnant, girl. I'm telling you, just as certain as it was that he was going to come the first time. She got up and walked out. I was like, whoa, that belly's getting a little big there. All right. I think there's a baby forming in that thing. Either that, she's eating a lot of food. I don't know. I don't know what one's going on, but uh, listen, just as he was going to come the first time, it's certain he's going to come again. The Lord is not slacking concerning his promise. He is long-suffering to us, word, but he's not willing that any should perish. And I'm telling you right now, for people to perish, it is going to be solely because we didn't open our mouth. The day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. And the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise. And all the works that we've done are going to be burned up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Seeing then all these things should be dissolved. You know, all the stuff that we're working so hard for and all the stuff that we feel like we have to have and all the stuff we're putting so much effort into. You take none of it with you. It's all going to dissolve. None of it goes with you. You take nothing. None of it matters when it's all said and done. All that matters is what you did for the Lord. And so Peter says, what manner of persons then ought you be in all holy conversation and godliness? We should be looking for and hasting under the coming of the day of God. If we won't proclaim it, who will? If we won't proclaim it, the question is, do you really believe? If you won't proclaim it, did we really receive it? We need to let them know. It's certain. The sun is coming. It's certain. The sun has come. It's certain. The sun lived. It's certain. The sun died on that cross. It's certain that his death on that cross was for the sin of the world, including yours and mine. And it's certain that without the payment of the blood that spilt on that cross, it is certain that it's not going to be R.I.P. It's going to be B.H.F. Burning hot forever. I don't know. Put whatever a little anchor. What I'm trying to say is this is certain. The question is, do you really believe that? Do I really believe that? Because if we did, your friends, your family, and your neighbors are going to hell if they don't have the blood of Christ on them. And we're going to be spitting on that blood if we don't open our mouth. And I have a feeling that when the judgment seat of Christ takes place, the accountability for that is going to be great as it should be. We need to tell them the reason for the first sunrise. And we need to help them understand the reason for the second sunrise. He is the king, 
Not just the king, but the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen? And one day, whether we want to or whether they want to, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess one way or another. The birth of Jesus was certainly foretold. And this is not just a good story, my friends. This really happened. And there's a fine line between it being just a story to us and really believing it happened. And and, and listen, what happened on that faithful day on that cross is not just a story. It really happened. And either we are going to believe in what took place or not. And I say this, it's not just a matter of, oh yeah, I believe that. Believing it biblically isn't enough. Paul's very clear about that in 1 Corinthians 15. We have to receive it. We, it, has to make a, it has to make a visible, identifiable change in your life. What, what, what should happen is as the Holy Ghost moves inside of you, it lights a fire under you that you cannot quench. It's like Jeremiah said, I I tried to quench it, but I couldn't. It burned inside of me. It needs to burn inside of you. Because, listen, for all the things in life we can say and all the things in life we can be about and all the things in life we can do, Let me just make this as clear as I can. There is nothing more important to God, nothing more important to God than the salvation of souls. That's it. The Lord is not concerned about your health. The Lord is not concerned about whether you have a big house or a nice car. The Lord is not concerned with your job. The Lord is not concerned with any of that stuff, none of that stuff, when it comes down to it, matters to the Lord. You want to know why it doesn't? Because it's all going to burn up anyways, even you, your body. That's why you get a new one. (laughs) The body you're in right now is going to be gone. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I hope you are too. I don't want this one anymore. I'm ready for a new one. Let's go. Okay. This one's broken down, man. But listen, but listen, None of that's going to matter. The Lord's more concerned. I wouldn't even say more concerned. I would say the Lord's concern is salvation of souls. Are we that sold out to that? To that. Because when it comes down to the purpose of the church, if we're going to make it simple, it's that. Why? Because that, John 15, is what brings him glory. End of story. So we can be about all these other things, and all these other things are whatever, great, I guess. But at the end of the day, if we're not about that, then we're not about the work of the Lord. And we're not about the glory of the Lord. And Just as without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What was born on that day was God in the flesh, 
The Bible predicted it. The Bible predicted where Messiah would be born. Bethlehem, Micah 5.2. The, 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 the Bible predicted the place he would minister to. In Isaiah chapter number 9, it said, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. And that is where the Lord ministered to. And he said, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And let me just tell you, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. We are living in darkness, but we are the light. Are y'all with me on this? Or am I the only one preaching up here? Well, I am the only one preaching up here. Am I the only one listening to what I'm saying? We are that great light. John chapter 1, Philip found Nathan and said unto him, We have found him of whom Messiah, I'm sorry, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And you want to know what Nathan said? What good thing comes out of Nazareth? Unbelief. Did not believe it. Then the Lord said, all right, I'm going to take care of this dude. And he walked up to him and he said, you don't believe? Weren't you sitting over there by the tree there earlier thinking about such and such? Oh. You are definitely the, the, the son of David. You, you believe that just because I said that? You're going to see greater things than this. Oh, that we would have that type of belief just because the Lord said it. Do you see what happened? Nathan was, what good thing come out of Nazareth? This is ridiculous. The Lord walks up to him, says two sentences, and the dude automatically believes he's the Messiah. It was like a light bulb went on and it was like, you weren't turning it off. Just because the Lord said it, Nathan believed. Just because the Lord said it, do we believe? We should have that type of faith. The Messiah, the Messiah was born. The king of Israel was born. Just as Scripture said, Isaiah 9, 6 told us that a child was going to be born, that a son was going to be given, and it told us that the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name would be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. He would be the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. And I want you to notice what it says right there. The zeal of the Lord of hosts might perform this. Will perform this. And I ask you, when the son was born, did he sit on the throne of David? Well, God messed up. God's a liar. Oh, God made an oopsie. No. 
No. God didn't make no oopsie. It just hasn't happened yet. But as certain as the sun rose one time, he's going to rise again. And when he does, he's going to take the throne of David just like the Bible said it, he would. Psalm 48, David wrote this. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion and the sides of the north, the city of the great king. And the great king came riding in on a donkey into Jerusalem a week before his crucifixion. And he presented himself as, that baby's already gurgling out of your chest, your stomach? Dang. I know, I know Gary. Gary's like, oh, no, there's a baby back here. I'm like, like, I'm like I don't know that. Gary. Listen, he came riding into Jerusalem on that donkey and he wept over Jerusalem. Why? Because they just did not believe. Their, uh, their doubt creeped in and they couldn't believe that this was Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But little did they know as those Pharisees told them, Shut them up. Shut these people up. Stop it. Jesus said, I can't. Because if I did, even the stones would cry out. All of creation is waiting for the coming of the king. And all of creation is ready for the coming of a king. Because it's groaning. Romans chapter 8. It's groaning for the coming of the king. Are you groaning for the coming of the king? Are you ready for the coming of the king? If the king came right now, would you be ready? How many people I hear, oh yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Take me right now. Do you understand what's going to happen if you go right now? If you're saved, and that is an if for a lot of people, let's be honest. If you're saved, you're going to the judgment seat of Christ. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared for it? Really? Well, I'll just let it work out. You know, it'll just shake out the way it shakes out. And you're right, it will shake out the way it'll shake out. And maybe you are saved. But I'm telling you right now, there's going to be some major consequences if you're not. Most Christians are completely oblivious to this reality. But just as much as it's in the Bible, it's true, is it not? Why did it say we're going to suffer loss? Because you're going to suffer loss. Because if you're too busy living life about you in unbelief, and I'm saying you're living life about you in unbelief because you're dumb, biblically. You're not speaking. You're not telling other people. You're not proclaiming the coming of the Lord. I'm telling you, there's going to be a great accountability for that. A great accountability for it. Because the first mystery, the first mystery of the seven that we're going to be held accountable, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. For what? To save you and me and the entire world. John 3.16 from our sins. 
What's interesting is, as Jesus was growing up, he grew up in a little town called Nazareth. And you know what's crazy about that? Nazareth stood on a cliffside. And overlooking that cliffside, if you looked off into the distance, you know what, you know what Jesus saw as a little boy every day? <laughs> you can't make stuff up like this. Do you know what he saw? Looking over that cliff? The Valley of Megiddo. And do you know what the Valley of Megiddo is? It's the place when the King of Kings returns in an event called Armageddon. You gotta wonder if Jesus growing up, every time he looked over that valley, one day, one day. But it's certain one day he is going to return. In our story, back in Luke, we left off and we, 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 we looked at uh, uh, the different events that took place while Zechariah was in that temple. What I want to do for a second here is surrounding the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus, I want to take a quick look at a couple personalities that I think are important to take note of. Number one would be the angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel obviously came to Mary and, and, and gave Mary a very, very important message. Amen? <laughs> okay? Uh, he was, uh, it seems, uh, from biblical account, uh, he was a messenger of God that would announce the coming of Christ. Uh, that seemed to be his thing. And Daniel, he did the same thing. He was, when he gave uh, Daniel his prophecies, it was the prophecies of the coming of Christ. Coming, in, coming in now here to Mary, he does the same thing. Uh, if you are uh, in Matthew chapter number one, I asked you to go there. Uh, the second personality I want to talk about is this guy by the name of Joseph. Joseph, I hope we all understand, is not Jesus' birth father, okay? Uh, and so the Bible lets us know, starting in verse number 18, now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, I want you to keep that word espoused in the back of your mind right now, because we're going to look at that word here in a second. Uh, before they came together, and so do we have any kids in here? Let me help y'all, okay, uh, uh, Richard, plug your ears, okay. Let me help y'all, okay, Ray definitely plug your ears, okay. Before they came together means before they had sexual relations. That's what it means, because it was a virgin birth. Y'all with me on this? Okay, all right, just want to make sure we got everybody caught up here, okay. Before they came together, she was found with child of what? You gotta love this book. Don't miss this. Pay attention. Underline espoused. Underline with child of the Holy Ghost. If you got a pen, I would do it. I'm gonna show you something here in a little bit. Look at then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her public example. Look, he loved Mary so much. What was supposed to happen via the law was he was supposed to stone her. 
because she committed adultery. She committed adultery. Obviously, she didn't, <laughs> right? And he was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Now look it. Joseph is the son of, y'all see that? So Joseph is of the line of David. Well, that's interesting, a little, in, little interesting tag. Fear not to take on to thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. No man touched her. And she'll bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth the son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? Just like the first mystery tells us, God was manifest in the flesh, and is now with us. Y'all, God was manifest in the flesh, and if you've been touched by the Holy Ghost, His seed is now in you, just as it was in Mary, and He's with you. Y'all see that? Don't miss it. This isn't just a story, folks. It's not just about Mary. It's a story for us because the same thing happened to us and you need to understand that. Listen, Jeremiah 22, the last king that sat on David's throne, a very, very interesting curse came upon Jeconiah. And what happened was, is because all those kings of Judah were falling away, God announced a curse on the line of David. You have to understand, back in 2 Samuel chapter number 7, okay, uh, 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 is, is what's called the Davidic covenant. God came to, to, to David and he told him that upon his throne, a king would sit and it would be for everlasting. So, so this is where the Jews are waiting for their coming Messiah because they know that he is going to sit on the throne of David. But, but in Jeremiah, God announced a very important curse. Watch Jeremiah twenty-two thirty. 30. It says, if you guys can click that, please. It's on there. I know it is. Jeremiah twenty-two thirty. Should be the next slide. There we go. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man, who? Jeconiah, childless. Why? Because of his unbelief, because of his faithfulness, faithlessness, a man that shall not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling it any more in Judah. And listen. To this day, that still stands true. No man ever sat 
on the throne of David anymore. But here's the problem we've got. <laughs> God just announced a blood curse on the Davidic line. So, so how can Jesus sit on the throne? Well, we do know one thing. We know that Joseph is a son of David, so that would give Jesus the birthright, but the problem is the bloodline was cursed. So any, any child that comes from Joseph is going to be a problem, right? Right? God's like, I, I cursed the line. So let me just show you real quick, if you haven't seen this before, what God did. Can't make this stuff up. In Matthew chapter number 1, it tells us in verse number 6 that Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon. Now, if you follow Solomon's line, as you could do that very easily right in the Matthew chapter 1 passage, what you're going to find out is, is that it leads us all the way to verse 16, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So what happens is, if you follow the Davidic line that got cursed, it brings you all the way to Joseph. Okay, well, Joseph obviously was not the, 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 the birth father of Jesus, right? Because it was a virgin birth. However, however, that seed was placed into Mary, right? Right? Okay, well, what about Mary? In Luke 3.23, it tells us that Mary was... Uh, 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 well, that Jesus began his ministry at about 30, right? Now look, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Now, was he the son of Joseph? No. Joseph, which was the son of Eli. Well, wait a minute now. Time out. I thought Matthew just told us that he was the son of Jacob. Which one is it? You got to understand who Eli was. Okay, Joseph married Mary. When he does that, he becomes one with Mary and takes on Mary's father and mother as well. We call that today father-in-law, mother-in-law. Who Heli is, is Mary's father. That's who he is. Now, what's interesting is, if you follow Eli's line going back, guess what happens? Solomon's line, he was, another, he was the first son of David, but there was another son of David. The other son of David was Nathaniel. And if you follow Eli's line, it'll take you back to Nathaniel. And so now Mary also was a son of David, just not a son of Solomon. Y'all see what just happened right there? It was the Davidic line following Solomon that got cursed. Mary's line didn't get cursed. Nathan's line didn't get cursed. And so therefore, the only way God could put a son on the throne of David was by a virgin birth. How about that? And how about God working things out precisely? the way he needed to work it out to make it happen. You can't make this stuff up. 
Only God could pull all of this off. And let me just make sure we understand, he pulled it all of it off so that he could fulfill his word precisely as he said he would. Every detail was in play. God didn't miss a little bit. This should not have caught the Jews by surprise. The problem is they simply did not believe what God said. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which, as we already saw being interpreted, means God with us. Mary, then, is not the mother of God. Mary would be un have understood that the angel was speaking to her of the Messiah and, and would have been prom that had been promised for a long time. The emphasis is not on the greatness of Mary. The emphasis is on the greatness of Jesus. She couldn't understand how these things could be. Now watch, you're in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God in the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now I want, I, I want to ask this question real quick. What made Mary so special? Have you ever really stopped to think about that? Like, why did God pick Mary? Obviously, there was something about her that, that, that led him to do that, right? There was something about her. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Why, why did Mary find favor with God? And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give him on the unto him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know no man. I haven't been with a man. I haven't been with Joseph. How is this going to happen? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called, I would circle 35. Circle that. I'm going to come back to that in a second. And behold, thou cousin, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. That's how we know when Jesus was born, somewhere around September. For with God, what does that say right there? How much? How much? I'm not going to keep saying it until we all... How much? Nothing with God is impossible. What's that number we have up there? 
Nothing with God is impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary didn't question. Mary, Mary said, If the word says it, so let it be done. If the word says, uh, Who am I? If the Lord says it, so let it be done. Look at verse 46. When Mary's talking to Elizabeth, she says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercies on them that fear him from generation to generation." He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them a low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers Abraham and to his seed forever. Wow, what a statement Mary makes right there. Hang on to that for a minute. We're going to go. <laughs> We're going to come back to it. But listen, but listen, the thing that we want to take notice of when Mary, and this is why I have such a problem, no disrespect to what the Roman Catholic Church does with Mary, because you will completely miss the picture. If, if that's all it's worth, it's worth its weight in gold. Listen, Mary was a sinner, just like you and me. Okay? The Bible's very clear on it. Look at verse number 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced. What does that say right there? What does that say right there? God my Savior, if she is the immaculate version who never sinned, then why does she need a Savior? Someone please explain that to me. She certainly didn't think she was not a sinner. She knew she needed God, her Savior. And in case you think that's, that, that, that's all we got, listen, in, in chapter number 2, in verse 22, it says this, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem, who? Jesus, to present him to the Lord. Why? Because it's written in the law of the Lord, every male that opened the womb shall be called to holy to the Lord. And why did she go there to do this? To offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. What's that all about? What's, what's going on there? Well, there, she's following the law. Back in Leviticus, chapter number 12, it tells us about this law that she's fulfilling. Leviticus chapter 12, I got it on the board for you. Just two verses we'll look at. It says this, Who shall offer this sacrifice before the Lord? Why? To make an atonement for her. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? 
and she will be cleansed of the issue of her blood. Y'all see that? So the woman has an issue with her blood, and she needs to be cleansed of it to make an atonement for her. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up, my friends. And listen, so this is the law for her that be born a male or female. If she shall not, if she's not able to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtles or young, two young pigeons. Y'all saw that in Luke, right? The one for the burnt offering and the other for a... Why would Mary, who doesn't ever sin, bring a sin offering before the Lord? Mary did not think what the Roman Catholic Church thinks about her. So if Mary didn't think it, I'm just going to go on it and say we shouldn't think it either. And when this happens, then she'll be clean. Then she'll be clean of what? Of her blood problem. Are there any light bulbs going off in anybody's head right now? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about what's going on here. I'm talking about the picture. What, what are we called? The bride. Of, why are we called the bride? There's a woman factor there. Did we have a problem with blood? <laughs> yeah. Our blood problem is the reason why we're all going to die. It's cursed. Did we need to get a Holy Ghost implanted inside of us to make us sons of God again? And what did Mary bring forth? The Son of God. And you want to know what happens in us? Just like Mary, we get saved from our blood problem. The Holy Ghost moves inside of us, plants that seed, and now we're to produce. It's almost like God done wrote the book. It's almost like God is making the point to point it out to us. This is the way it happens. This is the only way it happens. Okay, now what made Mary so favorable? What, what makes us so favorable? I mean, let's just play that out for a minute. Watch this now. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says this. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. And he just happens to use this word. And it's only used two times in your King James Bible. For I have... Where did I hear that word before? I had you underline it. Same, time, same word that was used with Mary. It says, I espouse you to one husband. And just as Mary was espoused to Joseph, who are we espoused to? That I may present you a chaste. What am I saying that? Why is he throwing that terminology in there? Because when Mary put forth the Son of God, she was a virgin. Y'all see this? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Listen, just as Mary had a virgin birth when the Holy Ghost came upon her, and just as she produced the Son of God, which, by the way, was the first Son of God produced in over 4,000 years. How about us? It works the same way. So let me ask you this. No disrespect to the Roman Catholic Church. What makes Mary so special? We can do the same thing. 
Well, Mary birthed the, the Lord. Yes. And when you bring the message and the seed to another person, you're producing the Lord in them. But there is no high favor the way the Roman Catholic Church preaches it. It just isn't. Okay, so what brought this high favor upon Mary? Why was Mary chosen? Can, can I offer you, you up this? The Bible doesn't put things in the Bible by accident. The Bible reveals information to us on purpose. And so when Mary's talking to Elizabeth, as we just read, she, she says, the soul, my soul does magnify me, verse 46, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my favor. And then going down through verse uh, 55, she starts rattling off all this stuff. And you're reading it and you're like, man, that's pretty cool. Okay, cool. Go, Go marry. <laughs> Until you actually stop and consider what she's rattling off. Now, now, now I, want you to, I want you to picture it. Put yourself there for a minute. Do you think Mary had Luke chapter 1 in front of her going... My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit. Do you think that's what happened? Or do you think my soul doth magnify the Lord? Do you think she knew it? Do you think she had sanctified the Lord God in her heart? Do you think she was ready to speak? Do you think she was ready to speak? Do you think she, do you think? She opened her mouth of this great event that just took place in her. What do you think? Or was she like Zechariah in unbelief and then made dumb? Which one do you think it was? What do you all think? No, girl done opened her mouth. Girl done kept, girl, she didn't just open her mouth. Girl knew what she was talking about. Because you want to know what she was rattling off? The book of Psalms. That's what she was rattling off. Verse number 46 is Psalm 34, 2 and 3. Verse number 48 is Psalm 138, 6. Verse number 49 is Psalm 71, 19. Psalm 126, 2. And Psalm 111, 9. Verse number 50 was Psalm 103, 17. Verse number 51 was Psalm 98, 1. Psalm 118, 15. And Psalm 33, 10. Verse number 52 was Psalm 113, 6. Verse number 53 was Psalm 34, 10. Verse number 54 was Psalm 98, 3. Verse number 55 was Psalm 132, 11. Do you think God would use a vessel who hid his word in their heart? Do you think God would give high favor to the one who did so? Do you think God would take that person as someone who's serious about him? What do you all think? This woman wasn't just 
an average Jew. This woman wasn't a Jew of faithfulness. When the angel came and the angel told her what was going to go down, the angel gave her meaning. And the woman said, Mary, his word be done. He said it. Let it be done. Who am I to argue? Let's get this rolling. And then somewhere on down the line, she goes talking to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth goes up, oh, my gosh, blessed are you among women. You're so wise. Oh, not me. I'm a lowly maiden. I'm nothing, man. It ain't about me. It's all about him. And started rattling off the book of Psalms like it was nothing. I'm going to guess Mary was favored she took God seriously. She hid his word in her heart. She sanctified his word. Why? So that she could be ready. So when the time came at his first coming, when the time came, she could rattle off the book of Psalms like it was nothing. It's almost like, come on, God wrote the book. What happened to Mary is the same thing that can, that should happen with you and me. Do you think the word of God dwelled in her richly? <laughs> what do y'all think? You know, God, the one thing I know about God is he honors his promises and he will fulfill them every single one. And just take a look at Mary, and you'll learn he does. There was nothing special within herself. She knew that. She was a sinner. She had a blood problem. She was a low maiden. No. What was special in her was the God that was now living inside of her. And she knew it. That's why I got a problem with the Roman Catholic Church's teaching on Mary, because it's wrong. And you're missing all of that important truth. However, we're not the Roman Catholic Church. What are you going to do with it? Because it still applies to this day. It's the same way a son of God is born. Just as Mary sanctified the Lord God in her heart. And just as Mary was ready to give every man the hope within her and the reason for it. How about you? How about me? Did Mary go hide behind a bush? So I'm just going to have this baby and we'll just call it a day. Is that what Mary did? I wonder, the Bible doesn't record for us, but I have a feeling Mary, she told everybody she possibly could. She probably was all about it, man. But what was interesting is it wasn't about her at all. She was just a lowly, what? Maiden. You know what that is? A lowly servant that did what blessed God. 
She had hid the word in her heart. And my friends, just as the Lord came the first time, and just as we see the story unfold with Mary, and just as we know for sure, for certainty, it happened, you know what I'm going to say now. The Lord made some other promises. Number one, in 1 Thessalonians 4, he promised that we shouldn't be ignorant about a great mystery. He said that if we believe that the Jesus died and rose again, even so them also did which sleep with Jesus, God would bring with them. For, if, uh, uh, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of a, a what? An archangel. What was Gabriel? Huh, that's interesting. And with the trump of God and the dead who are in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Why aren't we comforting one another with these words? If you have a dead one, dead, dead, dead relative, dead loved one that has passed on, if they knew the Lord, you've got nothing to fear. They just get a six-foot head start on you. That's it. But at the end of the day, you're going to be with them for all of eternity. Comfort one another with these words. The Lord will certainly do it. Why? Because he did it the first time. He's going to do it again. When he comes and gets his bride, he's going to do it again. Comfort one another with these words. There's nothing to be fearful of. There's nothing to be sad over. The only fear, the only sadness you should have is if you didn't open your mouth and your, debt, your lost relative or friend or whatever is now in hell. It, it, here's, I think, one of our biggest problems. I get why we do it, and that's why I keep my mouth shut. However, when Prince died, it wasn't rest in peace. When Michael Jackson died, it wasn't R.I.P. Just because someone died does not mean R.I.P. That's a reality, folks. I don't know. I'm pretty certain that my mom is not R.I.P. That's reality. That's truth. So either we can sit there and we can go, well, that sucks, man. Why, why are we doing that? That's just wrong, man. Let people have hope. Hope in what? A lie? Who wants that? Who wants us to believe in a lie? See, because if we believe in a lie, we'll shut our mouth and we won't say nothing and we'll just keep moving on like nothing ever happened. Rest in peace. No, 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 no. Rest in peace only happens for those that are in Christ. And if they're not in Christ, it's not rest in peace, my friends. 
and you know who has a direct responsibility for RIP or Everybody raise your hand right now. Go ahead, everybody. Come on. You two. You two. You. You have a direct responsibility on RIP. You. Because if you won't do it, who else will? Well, let the pastor do it. That's his job. Is it? Someone please explain to me in the Bible where it says that. When I read 1 Corinthians, it says we are all ambassadors of Christ. That's what I read. We're, we're all ministers of righteousness. doesn't say pastor is the minister of righteousness. doesn't say the pastor is the minister of uh, or ambassador of Christ. Is he ambassador of Christ? Is he a minister of righteousness? Yes, but so are all of you. It's all of our jobs. Listen, Paul goes on to say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, in flaming fire, the Lord's going to take vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Do you believe he came the first time? Do you believe that? Then you better believe that's going to happen too. Because it's going to. And as long as we are so selfish with our time, people are going to hell. It's the truth. Let me close with this. At the end of the day, he's the real gift. We can give gifts to people and do all that we do on Christmas, and great, man, it's awesome. I got an awesome mug, man. Uh, pull that mug up right there. I'm using it right now, brother. Thank you. I, I use that thing almost every day. Uh, awesome. Uh, we can give gifts, and, and listen, great, whatever, okay? Bro got an Xbox. <sighs> that I spent a pretty penny to get. <laughs> Xbox X, the new Xbox Series X. Okay, great, awesome. But at the end of the day, listen to me. He's the real gift. You want to know why he's the real gift? Because it's written, there's none righteous. No, not one. It is written that we're all an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. It is written that we are all sinners, that we have all come short of the glory of God. And it is written that the wages of sin is death. Y'all see right there on that, see that big butt, right? We love the butt, don't we? We love it. Why? Because the gift of God is eternal life through the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Because God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. John chapter 3, verse 36 and 18, I believe. 
Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. James 1.17 tells us that it's the that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I'd call him a good gift. I'd call him the perfect gift. And he came it down from the Father of lights. Anybody got an amen right there? Let's try that again. Anybody got an amen right there? Look it, look it. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God. And you like how I just brought that right back into Ephesians? Because next week we're back in Ephesians. <laughs> you like that? Huh? I thought it was pretty ingenious on myself. I was pretty happy about that. Okay. So what are we going to do in 2022? I'm a rapper now. <laughs> we should make a rap song about that. What are we going to do? No, I can't do that. Mark, Mark Trotter could do a rap right now. I can't. <laughs> What are we going to do in 2022, man? Hey, you know, look at, you, look, everybody, just do me a favor, stand up real quick. And I'm not trying to be morbid right now, but I'm trying to make a reality in everybody's mind right now. Everybody else in our church here too. All the pagans have stayed home. <laughs> Listen, take a look around. Just take a look around. Look at all your brothers and sisters in Christ. Everybody see them all? All right, go ahead, sit down. Last year, we lost one. There's no guarantee that in 2023, when we all stand up, that everybody in this room is going to be sitting here. I pray that we all are. I do. But if the Lord, if the Lord takes you, the Lord takes you. We almost lost Pam the other day. What are we going to do with the time we have left? What's the most important thing to us? What is it that drives us? What is it that keeps us motivated? What is it that brings that fire to burn inside of us as it did, dear Mary? Mary had the Lord right here all the time. And you know what's crazy about it is? At that moment, the Lord was actually inside of her. I mean, as cool as it is that John got done to put his head on the heart of the Lord, that's cool. That's cool, man. That's, we make big of that, and we should. Mary had the Lord in her, living inside of her, to the point when Elizabeth saw her, the babe leaped in her womb. Do you understand, do I understand what a gift we have? inside of us and what did I I told you to underline one last verse there with God how many things 
Nothing's impossible. Well, Pastor Frank, you just don't know, man. I, I try to talk to people, man. They, I, just, I just can't. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm scared to. I'm afraid they're going to say something. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, Pastor, you just don't understand. The Lord's inside of you. Open your mouth and you'll be surprised what he'll, he'll put through your mouth. You've been in this church long enough that he'll start bringing things to the remembrance whether you realize it or not. You'll start, you'll start spewing stuff out. You'll be like, how the heck did I know that? Oh my gosh, that, that church, I thought that pastor was crazy. I thought he was nuts, but you know what? He says it so many times that it's actually in my brain and I didn't even realize it. And by the way, it's not me. The Lord promised he would do it. He'll bring to remembrance the things you need. The only difference is that hopefully here, we're telling you the things you need to know. The Lord's going to do it. I'm a lowly pastor. I don't deserve this position. I don't deserve to be a Christian. I don't deserve any of this. Neither do you. But just like Mary, he will use you if you're a willing vessel. But you need to be a willing vessel. You need to get rid of you. 1 Thessalonians 4, if you don't know, I'm preaching that right now. Break that vessel. Take it. Go smash it somewhere, man. Go run off a cliff and let it fall and die. Don't do it really. Some people get serious and they do it for real. Right? Okay? I'm not telling you to do it really. Symbolically, go do it. Got it? Okay. Listen! Go break that vessel and let the real vessel show forth. 2022. I was going to say our goal is to double. But I think Ray, I think Ray hit it, man. Let's do it. Why double when we can triple? Or quadruple? Quadruple. Pastor, we, we, we've been a church since 2013. Like, come on, man. We're, we're, we're running around 60, 65 people. I mean, what makes you think we're going to be 223 people by the time we get to the end of this year? Nothing's going to make me get, think that we're going to get there if that's the attitude we have. Because we won't. You want to know what's going to get us there? Be like Mary. As the word says, so shall it be done. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Just as Mary probably told everybody she knew. Just as Mary probably told everybody she didn't know. What are you going to do? The living God who lives inside of Mary is living inside of you. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? 223 should be cake. Because with God, nothing's impossible. But I can tell you right now, December 31st, 2022 will come and go. And we'll be sitting with the same people in this room if we don't go do what we're meant to do. I implore you, do it. You going to get them all? Nope. Did Jesus get them all? Nope. But will you get one? Yep. At least make it a goal that you'll get one. That you'll get one. 
and let the other person who works harder get 10. And if you think I'm being, Jesus talked about this. You're going to take my talent, something's going to take, take it and just go hide it under a bush. Something's going to take it and turn it into 10. Something's going to turn it into a five. Which one are you going to do? Who are you? Which one are you? Which one am I? Which one are we going to be? Unless you make that your purpose, December 31st, 2022, there isn't going to be anybody sitting next to you. If you make it your purpose, I promise you, by the word of the Lord, you'll have somebody, maybe even more than a few somebody sitting next to you. And you need to understand just don't bring them here. Disciple them. That's what you're supposed to be doing, man. Let's go. If we're not, does anybody feel like he's coming soon? Anybody feel like that? Do you, do you really believe that? And are you really ready if he came right now? I mean, I don't know that I'll ever, ever be able to say I'm ready. I always feel like there's more I could do. And hopefully you feel that way too. Father, we come before you, Lord. I want to thank you. Thank you for 2021. Lord, uh, there were certainly some sad moments and sad things that happened. Uh, but Lord, there were times where you showed yourself mighty. And Lord, we know that everything's working according to your plan. Lord, help us to be, remind, be mindful of that. Just as certain as your first coming was, everything is falling into place just as you said it would to show forth the certainty that your return is soon. And so, Lord, help us to not forget that. Help us to be mindful of it. Help us to uh, not be slack in our motivations because you're not slack according to your promises. So, Lord, help me Help us open our mouth just as Mary did. Help us sanctify your word in our heart so we can be ready. Lord, help us to be meek and not overpowering. Help us to be uh, truthful but yet not in people's face. Help us to help people know that it just as sure as he came the first time, Help us to help people know for surety what it was he came to do and that he is going to return. Lord, we love you. Lord, it's just like you that you would take an espoused version and choose to be born through her and then turn around and take a church and use your church to be the vessel to produce other sons of God. Lord, we, it's not even almost like you wrote it. You did. And Lord, we're so thankful that we have it. So thankful that we can trust in it. So thankful that we can believe in it. So thankful that we can put our purpose through it. Lord, help us, show us, keep us motivated. Help this church be a church that would be not just individually striving for purpose, but that we would be in unity. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said, amen. amen.